Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. Who are you? I'm no one. Our Star Wars The Complete Saga Retrospective comes to an end. We lost our son forever. We can still save him. for this retrospective, Mike Winkler, Alistair Englehart, Dan English, and Jeremy Larson. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the Star Wars Complete Saga retrospective. We have reached the final episode in our retrospective. The much-loved, much-beloved, much-controversial sequel trilogy. This one is the one I've been most looking forward to because I know it's going to be one hell of a debate, especially with one Jeremy Larson down there. I know he, he's got some, uh, <laughs> some really good things to talk about here. Um, so, yeah, so Mike Winkler here and with Alistair Englehart returning and Jeremy Larson and Dan English is back. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, thanks. Uh, I wanted to start out the show and uh, allow Dan to give some of his original trilogy thoughts for a few minutes just so people can kind of get his outlook on things. Sure. Yeah. So for, uh, for me, the original trilogy was my first exposure to Star Wars because my dad was a fan. And I think I'm pretty sure he had him on Betamax. And then when those VHS remasters came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that I, I don't remember my first time watching Star Wars. That's one thing that I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that means I'm a fan or you know what I mean? Like, I just don't have that memory of having seen it for the first time. But I always use that as my center when I'm thinking about Star Wars, my first sure. experience there, the music. And so revisiting them as I get older has been interesting because I've realized I, t- I don't necessarily love the writing. And as I show them to my friends, you know, how they experience the dated graphics. Mm. Um, yeah. But all in all, I think that they, they tell a really cool story. Um, and, and 
maybe there's parts where the execution isn't amazing, but I like the themes and I like the story. Um, and I think it, it was pretty fertile ground for good uh, fan development for a, a number of years. I mean, a lot of my mm-hmm. favorite video games have come out of the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you won't find a critic of the original trilogy in, in me, but mm-hmm. um, there are things about the other trilogies that I, that I like better or, or less. Sure. <laughs> but I think it's a good mix because I think the prequel trilogy has a great story that it that in my opinion is executed poorly and the the original trilogy has a really good story that i think is executed pretty well and then when you get to the trilogy we're going to talk about today i think the music the effects um some of the concepts that they introduce are phenomenal i loved them um but the story behind them i find is really lacking overall in terms of novelty or originality and so they kind of all swivel and so the the original trilogy is the sweet spot for me of nostalgia and story and execution Mm -hmm. so that's my take sorry i couldn't be with you guys last time but i'm ready Mm -hmm. to talk about the sequels don't Mm -hmm. worry about it yeah, that was that, that. Hey, that was perfect insight. And we got the generalized version of what you would have been talking about, which I think you were on the same page as a lot of us were. I mean, sure. we pretty much were probably in the same same ballpark there. Ten. Um, okay. <laughs> 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 um, so you know, with the with the sequel trilogy, before we go uh, dive into the Force Awakens, um, I guess some general thoughts in general on on it. Um, I think we all agree that the general problem with the sequel trilogy is, of course, that there wasn't a, a full, coherent story through all three. There wasn't a plan. That was Disney's biggest problem with their whole directors and changing all that stuff with issues. And that goes back to Disney throwing out Lucas's original uh, uh, sequel trilogy plans, which to me, I mean, I understand they wanted to go the more nostalgia route, of course, but to just literally go and throw out his treatments I thought was kind of insulting. Mm-hmm. And especially since Kathleen Kennedy was the one that took over Lucasfilm because Lucas put her in that position and she yeah. kind of almost spit in his face for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree that there seems the movies seem to be disjointed. And I've talked about this in our, our previous retrospectives. Maybe it was on or off air, but it seems as though as if I sum all three up, one lacks originality. And it it's like even to the intro scene where important information gets passed to a droid who will then relay it to the resistant. It's, it's just, it feels nostalgic in that way. And I'm like, oh, I kind of, this feels familiar, but Page there's really, home. yeah, there's really yeah. nothing risky or original or unpredictable which is a larger problem i have with disney remakes in the modern era to begin with but um the second one i i do applaud it for being unpredictable and original Mm -hmm. but then again with all the politics behind the scenes you can definitely feel that there's not a collaborative story arc happening it's these plot elements almost fight against one another and in some cases even need explaining like in the third one 
when referencing uh, Ray's relation to the Palpatine family, they were like, I didn't lie. You know, they had to, to make up for this co- appearing contradiction between the canons of the three movies. So I think the disjointed nature of them makes them hard to appreciate as a trilogy, even mm-hmm. though there's disparate elements in each of them that I really like quite a bit. I'm I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna feel like uh, the sequel trilogy was made as though, like, if you look at EA making the Star Wars games and everything, it came out as a game, but it came out unfinished. The movie came out unfinished, where you needed to get downloadable content to understand what was truly understand- happening in the movies. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel the entire mm-hmm. sequel trilogy is presented out. You yeah. You're not given enough information in the time that they've given you. Mm-hmm. You have to go out and search for the information in other things. Well, mm-hmm. on that note, even, I felt like there was too much of a conversation with the fan base. That's always mm-hmm. a, it's, yeah. it's a political aspect of movie making that I'm always so conflicted about because I appreciate the fans' abilities to invest more time and maybe energy and creativity into the the series as some of the workers like lost is a great example the fan base was just yeah. full of great ideas and and responsive and they are almost guardians of the lore in a certain sense and so while i want people to interact with the fan base or at least acknowledge them because not doing so produces things like last uh last airbender m night Shyamalan's oh, last airbender <laughs> exactly like the groans but but i felt like the last jedi was almost had a punch list of fan theories that its objective was to bury and so it was like all of these moments manufactured that i felt like if you had spent any time looking into what might happen it was really just the story writer saying nope that's not it that's not mm-hmm. it either and mm-hmm. this doesn't matter and so it felt really abrasive to me watching <laughs> and and part of me liked that because it was so unpredictable but it hasn't aged well with me it, it, over mm-hmm. time i've become a little bit turned off by how aggressively it chopped off some of those story arcs mm-hmm. sure. you know I, I i remember back when we talked about the uh rise of skywalker on its own that one of the things that i had mentioned was that the first time watching through um i i hadn't perceived um ray's wrestling with the dark side and now as i as i watch it through again with aaron i i realize um because you had brought that up dan how it was pretty clear to you when you were watching it that she had been wrestling with it and i and i see it a lot more clearly now i think i just must not have been paying as much attention my first time through but i i do i i would say that i enjoy much more the extent to raise wrestling with the dark side mm-hmm. than i feel like luke really um i don't i don't know that he really wrestled with it to the extent that she did it doesn't oh, seem yeah. to me mm-hmm. um like he well, definitely maybe, has moments maybe you know off screen <laughs> yeah maybe yeah maybe off screen and and, he, and aaron and i actually just recently rewatched um in anticipation of rise of skywalker we watched um luke's interaction with the emperor at the end of return of the jedi just to kind of huh. frame Pal- frame palpatine again okay um and um and it, it was it was interesting to see you know um just palpatine and i i go back to some thoughts from the the prequels he is just such a master liar 
he's 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 oh, so yeah. good he's just he's for me i i i continue to love palpatine's character um throughout all nine movies because he is just a, a, such mm-hmm. a consistent character and consistently well done um and um yeah but anyways i i really have enjoyed watching ray's wrestling the second time through as i'm watching it with aaron yeah. um it's it, it's good that I, scene I with it. luke comes to mind where she's on the island and yeah she's like it was trying to tell me something you he's went like, straight to the dark <laughs> yeah he's like you didn't even try to fight it <laughs> i didn't and see I, you i, I didn't did. see you there is what she yeah, yeah. <laughs> i found it really compelling um Mm-hmm. And those those are the things I really liked. I was ultimately disappointed in Luke's character because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Alistair, he was so stout of heart in the first trilogy. He just, you know, it came time for him to be tempted. And not only did he resist temptation, mm-hmm. but he was able to carry himself in a way to bring vader back to his humanity and back to yeah the light side. yeah so then then at the end of it we're left with this discouraged hermit withdrawn um you know cynic which he almost just the way he talks about the jedi order and how they fumbled leading into the empire seemed not to be his view and yeah. and so i was saddened to see him such a cynic and i didn't see that happen so it was like yeah. where did this come from well did, yeah i was gonna i was gonna say were you all would you all say you were dis- disappointed with the the script writing in that sense the way they portrayed luke or or just disappointed with the arc of, of luke's life um, the arc for me the arc yeah 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 i'd say I, so too I, i've looked at it in, yeah. a, in a different way now um you know initially when when i saw the movie i kept thinking you know Luke almost feels like he's out of character in a way that, that Ryan Johnson wrote him so out of character that didn't feel right. Hmm. I mean, I started thinking about more and more, okay, you know, if, if I had gone through what he went through, would I have done something similar? Perhaps. Hmm. But now that I've, I've thought about this today and, and watching The Last Jedi the last couple of days, I, I realized, have you guys noticed that Luke, Luke's journey with, with Last Jedi is very similar to Obi-Wan going into hmm. hiding? I mean, oh, yeah. there, there are there are so many similarities because well, look at Yoda too. Yeah, because because you know Obi Wan goes into hiding because the Empire is rising and he and he failed Anakin and he has to go into hiding to hide the children. Luke mm-hmm. goes into hiding because he failed Han and Leia's kid and he feels so guilty that he goes into hiding. It's it's very much a page out of Obi Wan's playbook. It's and, a, I, and it, everything yeah. comes around full circle. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's following in the footsteps of the people who trained him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that. It seems to me that the way he has chosen to cope with his guilt is to eventually, after however, however many years he was out on the island stewing in this, this shame that he feels, he's eventually come to attempt to displace it and to place the blame not on himself, but on the Jedi. The Jedi um, yeah. And, yeah. and that actually, I, you know, as I was rewatching with Aaron, that, I remember the first time I, I, I watched it, I was actually really frustrated with the burning of the tree scene. Um, and I didn't catch the end of Last Jedi where they show the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I thought that the, the entire, um, I guess, the, the entire view of, of the Jedi, including Yoda himself, was kind of dis- this discarding of tradition throwing off the shackles of tradition and, and the Jedi religion um, in, in an effort to um, 
assume the 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 forest as it should be assumed. Um, mm -hmm. And um, and I was thankful this time around that I I noticed that that Ray actually had the books, <laughs> and that 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 interaction between Yoda and Luke was far more localized to just something going on between Yoda and Luke. And I don't know yet really exactly why Yoda would, would give Luke that impression, what he felt he was giving Luke in that moment by allowing him to believe that the books were being burned along mm -hmm. with the tree. Um, but I was grateful that at the very least he was not sending a universal message that those things were not of value because I'm, I'm assuming he knew that Rey had taken the Jedi, the Jedi books already. Well, in Rise um, of Skywalker, they show that scene where um, when she's on uh, looking through the books in Rise of Skywalker, she finds the Sith Wayfinder. Now, I take it the Sith Wayfinder was in the Jedi text, correct? Luke put yeah, them in the yeah. text because that's what, that's right. what it appears like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hmm. let's, uh, let's dig into uh, The Force Awakens. What's some general thoughts on that? I, I like The Force Awakens better than I like the other two. I, I feel like it was better. It was, it's the, it, again, kind of like A New Hope, it's the beginning of things, just sets everything up. I like the idea. I think Finn is my absolute favorite character of mm. just The Force Awakens. I can't say the same about the other two movies because I think his character was underutilized. <laughs> and it, it, it treated poorly. Like, I feel like it was just, it, there was nothing that he gained after the after the entire experience right mm -hmm. it, i agree with you there i think and i think that goes back to the combative nature of the plot elements finn i felt really hopeful to be maybe a romantic interest for ray mm -hmm. uh, for him yep. to have been a, force um, a martyr character or the a potential for yeah there was talk after he wielded the saber that he was force sensitive and that mm -hmm. was why he was you know maybe more empathetic or whatever and so mm. yeah i agree that that there were a, a few characters i think rose was one of them who were introduced and just they didn't get cast to, off yeah they didn't get to play an important role so they ended up being less of hmm less of a, a character. Mm -hmm. I will say at the beginning of Force Awakens, when Kylo Ren stops the blaster bolt in midair, one that of was... the coolest things yeah. I have seen oh, in yeah. this movie. Yeah. yeah. I, so I saw that movie also in 3D. Oh, man. 3D, the bolt was like hovering in the theater and you, you could as, touch it. As the camera put, <laughs> oh, it was, Feel it was very cool. <laughs> Because I had I had watched it, um, I think I watched it with my dad first, and it was not 3D. And mm -hmm. then I saw it again in 3D, and you're just like, "Whoa, that is awesome!" Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I cool. have to say, Kylo Ren is my favorite character throughout. I think mm -hmm. if there's one person. <laughs> Um, he and Ray are pretty much the most stable, and despite the things going on in the universe, I think their arcs still show pretty well as this dyad in the Force that they kind of are constantly opposing one another or weaving through some balanced center. Um, and I just love how angry he is. Yeah. I love how powerful he is. Um, and I love how complex he becomes though that development starts to happen 
mm-hmm. in the second film. But I mean, even starting from when he kills his father, like just mm. he he carries the tension of his character so well, and it's I mm-hmm. I like I like Adam Driver as a as yeah, an actor fantastic. also. So yeah. it's just everything comes together for Kylo Ren. Yeah. I've grown to like yeah. Adam Driver very much. Yeah. Yeah, his, yeah. His, he's got the journey that I think throughout all three films it just feels um, his, it feels like it was a plan. There mm-hmm. doesn't seem, seem like there's too many holes in his development through all three movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know the one thing that I thought going into Rise of Skywalker was I had this feeling that they were going to find a way to try to redeem him. And mm-hmm. I kept thinking, mm-hmm. how are they going to make me feel like this is earned? You know, he killed Han Solo. How am I going to feel like this works? And yeah. I thought, son of a bitch. I saw Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, oh, I cared. I bought it. I felt guilty. <laughs> then he dies. And I'm like, you know, just two hours ago, I wanted this guy to die so badly. Then when he dies, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. damn you, yeah. J.J. Abrams. Him, him, killing, yeah. him killing Han Solo is a very complex moment in the movie for me personally because I, I'm, I'm so conflicted. Knowing, I mean, external to the movie, I knew Han Solo wanted to die ever since the original trilogy. Uh, Harrison Ford was like, you got to kill me. And so part of me felt like Han Solo, to a degree, it's hard to say what he wanted for his son there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was not a conventional force-loving, you know, Jedi Order is all that. He was a little bit of a... A scoundrel and so yeah. the fact that mm. he was there to help his son part of me says did he th- did he want ben to do whatever he thought would make his path the easiest was he really did he care about the first you know the first order versus the resistance and i know obviously at mm. the end of the day he wanted his son to come back to the light but mm-hmm. i couldn't help but feel that that conversation was ambiguous enough mm. that neither of them really knew what they wanted in that yeah. moment yeah. yeah true it's understandable mm-hmm. of course it they pin it really nicely in mm-hmm. the rise of skywalker sure and that settles that ambiguity but i i just liked that conflict there yeah, I, I've, I've, I, I think Jamie, you had said that Kylo grew on you. I think that's probably how I describe it as well. I, I didn't really like Adam Driver the first time I watched the trilogy, yeah, um, but, but now, but now as I, as I know how his, how his story ends, I, I find myself able to rationalize some of the things that bothered me the first time through, like his stoicism. He's a very stoic actor. Um, at least how he plays Kylo Ren, like that. There's 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 moments where he's just talking very stoically. There's not much emotion either way on his face, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that now, as I know, I, I to me that that feels like the face of conflict. It's because he he doesn't know what he what he feels in a lot of those mm-hmm. moments, sure. yeah. um, and doesn't know how to process it. So he's just he's just staring. He just has this like cold stare yeah. um, as he's talking to people, and and I. Um, I, it, it just makes a lot more sense now, and I've really, I've really enjoyed him much more um, hmm. the second time through. Well, and he, he bears such. A, oh man, see, he bears such intensity to me. Like when <laughs> oh. he's when he's talking to uh, Ray in their little force moments, and mm-hmm. and he's like, 
say it. Yeah, I don't know. Just the way that he say it. He say feels it. like he has. <laughs> I don't know. He has the answers in that he doesn't necessarily have the answers or the loyalties. I mean, he's an impressive character in so far as he decides to kill Supreme Leader Snoke or right, right whatever right. that guy's title is. Um, yeah, he's he's open-minded in that sense more than any of them. You know. Mm-hmm. I can agree with you, Dan, on the fact that I think that um, I think Adam Driver steals eight and nine. I think he mm-hmm. steals both those movies. I think he really is basically the best parts of those movies because Kylo's character in eight, you start to really learn more about him because in, yeah. se- in seven, he kind of came off kind of kind of whiny and pouty. Yeah. And I think that's why he was unlikable in a way. But then eight and nine, you start to see the internal struggles within him and why mm-hmm. he is the way he is. By the time we get to nine, we really truly understand him. I think he's the most understandable character in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I will admit that when I first saw Adam Driver, I didn't know who was playing Kylo Ren before I went and saw the movie. I didn't look at the cast of characters to know what they looked like <laughs> and whatnot. So I kind of wanted the reveal of <coughs> of Ben Solo's face to impact His me more. Big than old it did. nose. <laughs> he, he 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 had a baby face feel to me, and yeah, that was just I, yeah. That was I agree with that. Like I left the theater watching it, I'm like, I expected more of a reveal. Uh, yeah, I go and the hair was surprising eye. too. The hair when he took the mask yeah. off, the hair was like, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> See, you guys are crazy. I loved it, and um, I don't know. Maybe he's one. <laughs> maybe he's one of like my celebrity man crushes. But I, I just thought he did a great job, and he, he looked unique. Like he's he's uh, he's not square jawed or traditionally mm. handsome in any sense oh, yeah. but he just i don't <laughs> know Dan. i just <laughs> i was much better when he had a scar well so okay this is one thing wasn't there controversy about the scar placement based on the trailers uh yeah uh ryan johnson oh, really? slightly altered um his scar placement so if you watch uh, in seven, where a scar is, then you watch in eight, you'll notice that the, the scar shape's a little different. Yeah. And some people have said it's because if you look at the beginning of Last Jedi, he has that like bandage kind of on that scar, that blackish kind of. Um, the droid fixes him. The droid yeah, fixes yeah. him in Last right. Jedi, which Stitches is kind of like that bandage kind of thing. Yeah. There is a slight difference. And I don't understand. Ryan Johnson said when, before the movie came out that he was going to do that. I don't really remember what his explanation well, was. Well, so I think because but... it went across the face. <laughs> And yeah. he and he had said that he wanted it to go through the eye. Nice. And I mm. think it's just a perfect example of not being on the same page yeah. with your team. Like his biggest issue. Yep. I'm like, calling multiverse. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll get into that conversation because there's that mm-hmm. veil of the force discussion too. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Getting yeah. So I just I mean, if you are handed a cannon, I don't care what you think about it if you're gonna change it drastically you better have a reason or at least a good explanation yes agreed it's like the senseless changes are nothing more than ego or Mm. or maybe political motive to me like Mm. yeah yeah get outside of yourself and it's like i'm in charge of a star wars movie i'll make the changes i want yeah Mm -hmm. yep yeah the heck with your cannon versus people that are aware of the thing being bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, I read. I read an interesting. I uh, watched an interesting video on YouTube, and 
there's this guy, he, he really dissects productions and finds out the issues of why things are done the way they're done. Mm-hmm. And of course, right now, the big conflict is about Kathleen Kennedy getting, getting the boot because um, there's been a lot of things that she's been trying to, to drive her political agenda into the films. And if you look to um, look at all the directors she's had a problem with since it started, she fired the solo directors and brought in Ron Howard. She had issues with the Rogue One director. He ended up finishing it. But she even had problems with Abrams a little bit. But if you look, the one director she never had a problem with was Ryan Johnson. And that's because he agreed with her political agenda and he wanted to put those into the film. And she had no disagreements with him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about what, what's, what are some of the themes of, of that agenda. I, I, I'm not abreast of, of this whole topic. <laughs> I think it, for so I don't know because I haven't done the backstory, but I'm going to try and identify one of them from a viewer's perspective the casino planet Mm -hmm. felt like its own little Mm -hmm. you know story shell that had i think the most political themes of the movie and i'm not saying whether they're bad or not the whole rescuing animals that's that's a great theme i like that Mm -hmm. but it it felt somehow detached from the story um in in a way that made it a separate thing, you know. Yeah, that was probably I, one of my least favorite parts of Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh, so you that, you it's, hate it's animals? It's a very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's something I wanted to bring up about that is that it, the Last Jedi was uh, is a Star Wars movie trying to grow up. Like you know how you you look at like Harry Potter films and how they grew up with its audience. Yeah. You, they were trying to make our the audience of Star Wars grow up from just a science fiction, uh, you know, shoot 'em up sort of thing, into kind of a, a very serious topic sort of sounding thing. And it's like trying to, it's like having a kid who's wanting like macaroni and cheese, and then you suddenly feed them steak out of nowhere. It's giving them something too grown up; they're just not going to like it. They're yeah, but it's it. almost like jump scares in a movie. It's like if you're going to mature your themes, earn it. Yeah, I mean, it, look at the way that Harry yeah. Potter did it mm-hmm. in such a successful way through natural elements. Hey, here's or, or an idea. Airbender. If you want to mature your audience, how about you do something other than some nameless bland black clad villainy you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. stop with the rank and file and introduce some complexity in your villains that'd Mm -hmm. be a way to mature your audience look at how marvel fans had to wrestle with increasingly complex and believable and winsome villains i mean more Mm -hmm. and more you're like is he wrong yeah Yeah. Yeah. who's the bad guy here and so I mean, even mm-hmm. Thanos, half the internet seems to think that he had a noble cause. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, oh, and so I, I don't like when it feels like the ideologies are just injected. They're forced. Um, yeah. yeah. And, like, I have no problem with um, some sort of bourgeoisie, rich, anti-capitalist theme if you build it and structure yeah, sure. it and it's just compelling. don't jerk us into it yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just don't throw us into this casino scene and pour this ideology all over it and then that's it it's pretty much totally isolated although i do love benicio del toro and i think he did a great job was it the code, yeah. the code? Was, yeah that was the code, code yeah. breaker mm-hmm. the, 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 the casino scene just feels like a plot device it doesn't feel like it yeah. served any purpose 
I mean, even the code breaker in the general sense, I love Benicio del Toro, but the code mm-hmm. breaker even serves no purpose because yeah, right. he doesn't, there, there's really no end result for him. He doesn't even come back. No. Everybody no. thought, no. Oh, he might come back and rise a Skywalker and play a crucial part. No, yeah. he doesn't come back. Right. He feels like yeah. a throwaway character that was thrown in for a, to put a big name actor in there just for the sake of, Oh, look who it is. Benicio del Toro, yep. you know? And, um, but yeah, oh, you're what right. What a there, believable stutter. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the thought yeah, was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but back to what yeah. you said, Dan, about how the fact is it had to be earned. And that's something you can't do in a series that's already eight movies in. You cannot just all of a sudden just change the narrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're two movies in, three movies in, okay, maybe you can change it if you're going in that direction, like Harry Potter, you're going in that direction where you're gradually getting to that point. But to do it just for I got this movie, it's my touch, I'm gonna do it now. It's like, why don't you wait to do it with your own trilogy that you were given by Kathleen Kennedy, even though now I don't think his trilogy is even going to happen. But Yeah, yeah. You know. I, I, back to me kind of being probably most, most frustrated with that particular scene. I think that for me, it comes down to um, if, if you're directing a film, you have to really think long and hard about how can you use every minute to its best effect. Exactly and it. I think there are other there are other aspects of the story that, as fans, we wanted actually to have more of, more of an explanation, have more development, and so it's just a very strange thing to take precious minutes. I think there's probably mm-hmm. at least fifteen to twenty there that probably could have been used elsewhere much more effectively. Um, yeah. Well, so and there I, was yeah, like a weird yeah. democratization of this force too, like. Hmm. I don't know, like all those orphan boys in that scene and how at the end they were force users too. At least and, the one. The yeah, one. That never comes and, back into play either. In yeah, and, and so well, I guess... He will. He'll have his own TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess hanging moments like that are just... They show the side of movie making that I don't like, which is yeah, that I, they just I, have to be filtered through... A, a political process and i don't even mean political ideologies i just mean the nature of businesses making movies they make decisions for various reasons and so in a perfect piece of art i don't think you'd have truncated storylines without the artist intending for those to be cut short you know mm. it's filmmaking that. at its worst yeah yep. yeah and so it's i ugly. think I think that it just goes back to the theme of the whole trilogy is the passing around the directors, the, the incoherent story arcs, just they didn't play nicely together. And we, mm-hmm. we got to see some of that, mm-hmm. which I really... think segues nicely, Mike, into the talk about the veil of the force and the reboot. What is that? Mm-hmm. Um, um... I don't, this whole thing is really interesting. I don't think Disney's going to go there. I don't think that they're, they're gutsy enough to do it because they'd be admitting failure. And mm-hmm. Disney's not going to admit failure unless it's blatantly obvious. And, there, and there's a lot of lovers of these films, so they know that if they were universally hated, they might be able to get away with it more so. But they're not universally panned or hated. Yeah. Um, well, this Veil of the Force kind of thing is supposed to be something out of, I think, Rebels. Yeah. Uh, Rebels mm-hmm. had an episode where they showed the Veil of the Force and that Palpatine existed where I guess that when he fell down the Death Star, he fell into the Veil of the Force and he entered into a p- parallel alternate universe, which is supposed to be the sequel trilogy. And that's why he, quote unquote, survived. Ooh. Which is not a bad theory, but at the same time, it's kind of like... 
we've only seen it in a cartoon series. We mm-hmm. haven't seen it in the films. And the fact is, a lot yeah. of people follow the films. It's yeah. the same. It's the same mistake right. that 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 the novelization of Rise of Skywalker just recently made. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps saying about how is Paul Patina clone? Did he survive? Well, now in the novelization, they wrote that Paul Patina is in fact a clone, and that Ray's father actually is a Palpatine clone and that Ray is an offspring of a Palpatine clone. So therefore Palpatine is dead, but he somehow created an offspring. that's also a clone of him. Yeah. It's more confusing what the movie provides and the movie providing is simple. I look at it this way. I'm going with the fact that Palpatine somehow survived because right. that's what the movie basically gives I like, you. I like that perspective. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think, I think it's challenging when, filmmakers expect a a really high investment of the fan base into tv shows um yeah yeah, that that to me like i i enjoyed um i enjoy that it's a it's there's a lot of supplemental material that i really like that fills in some of the the lines but i think the moment when the story doesn't make a lot of sense unless you watch the tv show i think that that's where it kind of gets mm, too, sure. too much yeah. um but it, interestingly i actually heard um uh in opposition to the multiverse that there's um talk of luke's trilogy being concurrent to the sequel trilogy elsewhere in the galaxy and hmm. i think that would probably be a lot easier um yeah. to handle because i one of the one, one of the issues they talked about with the multiverse is not only the issue of their introducing the idea of a multiverse but also hmm. um ha- needing to have other actors and actresses play characters that we're familiar with, which would just yeah. be strange. Yeah, that'd um, be worse. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see. I think that the the alternate would be a lot a lot more doable. I think yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I, so about the veil of the force, I feel like I feel like there was a lot of talk of death as a vehicle to greater power from Palpatine. Yoda talks about Qui-Gon even, and Obi-Wan says it to Darth Vader. You strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Well, and then I think, You sounded um, just like him. (laughs) I know that was really good. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Qui-Gon, it's Yoda or Obi-Wan even talks about Qui-Gon like, merging with the force so i am really intrigued and that is one of the the tendrils of story that they pushed that i enjoyed most was just exploring an unknown aspect of things that we've heard talk about uh rather than having another planet killer um yeah yeah Yeah. and so i'd i'd love to see more of pushing out the lore and when i say that i don't necessarily mean characters and story arcs as much as i mean like realities of their universe Mm -hmm. um i think we'll probably see more of that in the obi-wan tv show again yeah Yeah. forcing you to the show well and even (laughs) mandalorian i thought did a great job of oh my god you know you don't really follow anyone other than the Mandalorian mm-hmm. for the whole series, but they're just constantly exposing you to, to maybe things you heard about mm-hmm. or, um, and Clone Wars does a great example of that too. A lot of the characters I saw on the slag planet, I forget its actual name at that, um, the separatists meeting with Dooku. I, when I watched the real life movie, I'm like, man, I'd love to see more of these 
these characters some of them look so interesting like the steampunk guy and then you watch clone wars and you do get to see some of that so Mm -hmm. i liked that yeah Hmm. man we really got away from force of the awakens didn't we we did we went right into last jedi real quick (laughs) i think because there's not much to really hate on force awakens for there's really not it's if you love a new hope you love a force force awakens because there's a lot of similarities between the two yeah, yeah. I loved I loved the Star Killer base, um, and I and to right to there. me it, it it makes sense to me. I think it, I some people argue that it was it was too close to the Death Star. I think it would have been probably challenging um, when you think about it for the first first order to develop a drastically different technology um, in such a short amount of time to the effect that the Star Killer base was able sure. to accomplish. Yeah. Um, Within so. within the frame that they forced the trilogy into, I agree that that's the best choice. Mm-hmm. But look at how fun the remnants of the system, like the system of the Empire has dissolved officially, oh, yeah. but they still have the resources and connections and military power to exert control over planets. And it's mm. almost worse. It reminds me <laughs> of um, Asimov's Foundation trilogy, where they talk about this period of chaos after the fall of the Empire, yeah. um, and how Terminus is just going to become the center of chaos for thousands of years. That yeah. would have been pretty cool. I, I liked Mandalorian's exploration of that. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. um, there's you know, no longer any false pretense of being this ordered, structured society. <laughs> yeah, well, and so the Empire, we could have really gotten into this nuanced look at the Empire's rule. Um, can we do more than just show that some of the Imperial stormtroopers are empathetic and want to defect? I think it would have been great to see I don't know, just like a more nuanced look. Like, are there are there parts of the Empire that aren't just ruling with an iron fist and are actually trying to help people? Or mm, sure, but we yeah. the the story was pigeonholed into Empire's gone, First Order has risen. You know mm. where from? Yeah, I I don't know. Mm. I just I think I think the villains mm. deserve more in the because mm. Palpatine's such a great villain, and that's it makes sense why they brought him back. Well, and I think I think Palpatine explained it really good in the in this prequel trilogy where he said good is a point of view. It can't always be Empire good or Empire bad, Rebellion good sort of thing. Yeah. Because if you look if you look at Luke at from a just a, a civilian point of view, he's a terrorist that blew up a station full of a million people. Yeah, you're looking at a just a view of everything. Right. Right. Well, and I mean. I, I think that's the nuance that the prequel trilogy was brave enough to to go into, to look at, mm-hmm. look at how the Empire was born out of the Republic and look at how the separatists are kind of right, yeah. but also kind of wrong. Yeah. And And I mean, we don't even have three parties fighting each other anymore. It's just the it's just the resistance and the first order yeah. but mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy expanded those political parties and said well there's not just two there's three and by the way they're birthing new ones and schisming all the time yep. and that was interesting to me and that's the kind of world building that i think the the sequel trilogy really really failed at 
it mm -hmm. it lacked so much it just it felt it felt so it felt it very chaotic like you were talking about just didn't make any sense of why these two were fighting why the resistance had to suddenly be out of everything mm. yeah yeah i have well, to speak a... well about it though it was beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i well, loved see, yeah go ahead mike the, the the problem is here is too is there's such a gaping hole between six and seven there's so much story we don't see we we, we don't know how the first order formed we don't know how the resistance had to form in 10 years or 30 years 30 years and th that's a pretty big hole of story i mean there wasn't even that much that much time between episodes three and four it's going to be a there's going to be a prequel sequel trilogy in the middle of the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. I'm all there for is a, it. there is a tv show about the resistance but it's it's not it's not um animated the same way as clone wars or rebels yeah, it's different. I, haven't, I haven't watched it but it is it is interesting as as i think about the leadership within the empire versus the first order i do think that they t that the the structure takes on the characteristics of the leadership to an extent. So like, cause mm -hmm. Hux, Hux and Kylo and even Snoke to an extent, but especially Hux and Kylo to me are just very angry iron fist men. Whereas, yeah. whereas, whereas the empires Palpatine Tarkin, right? Like Tarkin's yeah. a great example of a, yeah. of a nuance, a nuanced leader uh, who's very reserved and, mm -hmm. and, and Thrawn, even Thrawn. Um, yeah. So I think, so I think we're Empire, finally going to see. Yeah, I think the Empire had some different personalities, and I, I think that it is interesting to see how that kind of impacts the entire regime. But well, there's that new newfound uh, thing coming out that that somehow, some way, depending on who's going to run Lucasfilm here, because you know there's uh, there's rumors going to be Dave Filoni, who's the showrunner for Clone Wars. Uh, there's uh, John Favreau, who's running. Uh, Mandalorian and there's even rumors going around that Disney's considering asking George Lucas to step back in and 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 that would be interesting because now there's talk that if he would in fact step in or somebody comes in and wants him to do it that he still wants to make his sequel trilogy treatments hmm. so I guess maybe there could still be a trilogy within that 30 years that he could make that off of yeah of course we can't cool. see Leia now which sucks because she's gone yeah, we can still see Luke, of course, but I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering. I feel weird. I'm Wait. wondering to the extent that they'll start meddling with CG to recreate these people's images. They've already shown that they can do it on, I mean, a pretty phenomenal scale. You you could definitely yeah. tell that Leia was not Leia at the end of Rogue One. Yeah. That that was CG, mm. but I had a pretty hard time telling that it was not um Tarkin. yeah i i yeah. actually pointed that out to my wife after we watched rogue one and she goes no are you kidding yeah like she had no idea that, yeah. that was all cg right there and some yeah. of the and even more so some of the deep fake stuff out there right now where you actually have like the body of a real person mm. it's just the face yeah. is imposed that stuff's crazy yeah. and i yeah. i think once that starts getting employed on a on a scale that has disney's budget <laughs> i think i don't know i picture a future where actors don't only sign over you know their faces <laughs> yeah well they sign over their likeness in that True. character um it's gonna be weird but yeah my be. face but not my hands no one's not, gonna not have these these, <laughs> these are the money winner these are the breadwinner you cannot have these <laughs> Uh, that goes right over my head. I got to be honest. Not my birthmark. 
Yeah. Or how about you can take my head, but you can't take my hair. Oh, you can't gosh. take my head of hair. <laughs> you can only take me if I'm bald. Yeah. Sell different parts of your face. <laughs> yeah. My it's nose is cost one you. million. Yeah, one million, three million, and the eyes ten million. This Adam is Driver's this is nose. A, right. This there. is a tangent for sure. But I remember when my dad and my brother and me went and saw the Final Fantasy movie um, in oh, theaters. Yeah, I remember that. Spirits mm-hmm. Within, I think it was called. I like that movie. Yeah, I I I liked it. But we were talking about just guessing on the future of movies and how there would be the shift away from actors maybe and it would be about directors and writers um Hmm. and i don't think it's really happened the way that we thought it might but i think it might still happen oh for sure Mm -hmm. sure yeah Yeah. we do love our celebrity characters though (laughs) in a way we do it's true Hmm. um okay well since we kind of already went into last jedi i think to a pretty <laughs> and demolished pretty, it <laughs> and, and, yeah i found yeah, ways to, see I, I spilled water all over myself by the way i, I see you, that a little bit of, you know, that? i did i did I it didn't was the say last nothing, little bits of this and i just dumped it on myself <laughs> i will say i i in last Jedi, i i love when we finally see ray um starting to really manifest strong force powers yes oh yeah yeah love the ending where she's lifting all those stones that's an awesome scene it's pretty cool um yeah there's there's there are some pretty cool moments in that well film. and i th- again i will stress i think it's visually beautiful and mm-hmm. i think one of the most important plot elements that was continuous throughout was the connection between kylo and ray and yeah. so the fact that they had you know they they were able to talk to one another and he was mm-hmm. like can you see my surroundings? I can't see yours, you know, but then they noticed like they could touch hands and they could, you know, it's wet. Yeah. And, and so I thought that was it's the, sticky. It's sticky. I was just gonna bring that <laughs> the pacing of that was perfect for me. And cause I had even heard after, after the rise of Skywalker that some people felt that it came out of nowhere. Where was this magical transport technique? And I'm like, what? This has been building the whole trilogy. Right, this, is, right. this is the most if, sensible if move. If there was the any continuity. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Um, and then I, I think visually it was awesome when, um, what's the gr- what's that uh, general's name? Honda? Haldo? Honda. Haldo. Haldo. Yeah. The, when she... Uh, when demolished she, the entire fleet. <laughs> yeah, by by uh, speeding speed. through it. That was, that was awesome. pretty badass. That and the physics beautiful. of it was really cool too. And the yeah. sound was the, amazing. It was stunning, absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. Yeah, kind of makes you wonder why they didn't do that to the planet killer or. Well, they explain where... it. They explain it, and they completely debunk it in the Rise of Skywalker, where they're just going, "Oh, the." Basically, we couldn't do that right now because there was only so many variables to make that actually plausible. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, fine. Okay, you just that idea. Is but hey, at least they acknowledge that they opened up a, a gaping wide plot hole. What'd you mm-hmm. say, Al? What'd you say, Alistair? I think you're muted. Yeah, he's muted. <laughs> <laughs> this is great radio, Alice. We can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. My internet you... cut out. Oh, what'd you <laughs> say? Right, right. Say it again. 
Oh, I said was the force was strong with her in that moment. That's the explanation. Mm, that's what we were yeah. waiting for. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. That was very down. anticlimactic. Thanks. <laughs> um, I loved the throne room with Snoke. I loved I the, the uh, what really are they, Imperial throne guard, the mm-hmm. red dudes. Yeah, they're like they're like Palpatine's guards. They're just they're just Snoke's guards. They, if you notice, they're red, just like Palpatine's guards were, which yeah. Yeah. I guess makes sense as to him being Palpatine. That would actually all mm-hmm. make sense. Elite guards that actually know how to land a shot. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys think about Captain? Was it Phantasma? I feel like she had just as much of a like a story as the Boba Fett and the Jango Fett arc. Yeah. And with someone who looked really cool. Ooh. She was shortchanged. Ended up, ended up shortchanged. Yep. That's interesting. I didn't think of it as a, a parallel to Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted more because at the oh time that gosh. that came out, it was, I was still thick into Game of Thrones and I just loved that actress. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's good. Um, yeah. But she never even got to take her helmet off. Exactly. And I oh, thought, we okay. Eyeball. I w- well, I thought she was going to get out somehow, escape. I didn't mm-hmm. know, you know, that that was going to be the it. end for it her. It was truly and, unfortunate. I expected yeah. just as much from her as I expected from Django and Boba Fett. Then as I was spending like 30 bucks on a Captain Phantasma toy for my nephew, I'm like, oh, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> well, I would have thought for sure that JJ was going to bring her back because Ryan Johnson killed her. Because I thought maybe he had more of a, a purpose for her that mm. I thought, okay, he's going to find a way to bring her back and fulfill the real purpose that he wanted her in Force Awakens for. Yeah. You know, he just, yeah. he didn't do that, which was very surprising. But, um. I think one of my one of my favorite parts of Last Jedi has just got to be Luke's moments at the end because I mean the projection sequence and how he confronts Kylo is so it's so beautifully shot too you know um, and and just what he does to him and then Luke's death really is perfect looking at the sunsets from A New Hope I I think his death was very very well handled even though his character is maybe a little out of place in Last Jedi Ryan Johnson did do the death justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's and and he stayed dead too. So yeah. yeah, there was no redeeming factor there. I would have loved to have seen them try to pull that one off. Well, I just appreciate it when deaths mean something. When a franchise establishes the idea yeah. that it's a loss that that's worth grieving. Mm-hmm. Um and again, Game of Thrones through their first six seasons did a really good job of you know, you Jon Snow. Didn't, no, no one was safe, and they and when they brought someone back, it was a a shock. Yeah. Um. At least I was shocked by that. Mm-hmm. So. It, yeah, I was worried they were gonna wipe his death out too, and I'm glad they didn't because it was just it was just too good of a death to wipe that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we're just in a a place right now with TV and movies where a lot of characters they don't have a substantial death and then they come back like that is one of the things that really really uh made me mad about the rise of skywalker i will say that it was the two bait and switch of two very important essential characters mm-hmm. that with chewbacca and with yeah. c3po yeah yeah and, <laughs> and honestly what would have the what would the problem have been with 
well, Chewbacca deserved a better death, but three PO's oh, sure. death yeah. or brain wipe that would have been justified. Yeah. Impactful. Like, like, kind of like, kind of like Data. But well, right? the thing is yeah. that yeah. that's Spoiler the thing alert. is that suddenly they were able to, <laughs> <laughs> they were able to reinstate his memories at the end. Like it was just yeah. like, oh, okay, so mm-hmm. that wasn't for good. Okay. Is that the Disney touch? <laughs> Probably. They, Some more. They can only they can only give so many deaths per franchise i guess so <laughs> i guess killing ben was their quota <laughs> right they, one, they, one, they, one person that's it well they killed off leia in that one too and solo well, well they didn't have a choice with that one planet that earth killed they off didn't leia in that they one. didn't yeah but yeah. it was just like they killed off all the the main characters and then the the skywalker line is just yeah. gone if there's one thing that really ticks me off, it's the fact that they they killed off a Skywalker. Well, killed off the main characters one by one. Han and seven, Luke and eight, Leia and nine. Mm. Now I don't know if Leia dying was always part of the plan for nine. Right. We don't know that. I mean, I assume it probably was because even her death made sense in Rise of Skywalker as to why sure. she did it. It was a justifiable sure. death, like Luke's. But I mean, I think after Carrie Fisher died, I think Disney was thinking, oh shit, we probably shouldn't have killed off Luke and eight. Right. Ugh. You know, I think they, they they really dug themselves a hole there, and mm. like almost just they just went too just early. Bring them back it. as a force ghost. Well, I I do think yeah. Carrie Fisher's death did damage to that series. Um, sure. In mm. in more ways than one for me, and I don't know if this is disrespectful, but I was never extraordinarily attached to her in the new series. I I thought she was mm-hmm. a pretty cool character mm-hmm. in the early series, but. I don't know. None of it felt like nobody really got cool force moments. Well, that, I don't know. She she did have that part where she flew back in from space. Like Mary Poppins. The Mary Poppins moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think they could have made her a little bit more badass of a general. I mean, yeah, she was a general yeah. of these, the resistance. Seems like too soft spoken yeah. for what she was in the original trilogy. Yeah, they like she was yeah, very feminized her. She was a brute in the yeah. in the original trilogy. But that's the Kathleen Kennedy touch. Well, but, she did. She did. Ah, we lost you, Al. We can't hear you again. We lost you, Al. We're going to come in with another line that we're just not going to (laughs) like. He's going to come in and say it's sticky. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep talking, and when we can hear you again, Al, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm not not repeating it. Okay. Ooh, there there you go. I said she she did stun blast Poe while she still was in head bandages. Yes. Yeah, and that's true yeah so basically it was this i don't know there were moments that mourned her for so long and i don't mean to as i speak this it sounds horrible but i wasn't caught up in that (laughs) because she didn't get the screen time that yeah that she deserved in a sense and so i didn't feel overly attached to her because up up until the rise of skywalker she was a relatively auxiliary character mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's funny you mentioned that because i read a I read a very interesting article about that today and they and they said the the biggest glaring issue with disney's trilogy is is that they were so willing to be focused on the new characters that they kind of put the the old characters in the background and they, they, they said that maybe the new trilogy should have still followed Luke and could have had new characters in there, but not put the primary focus on them. 
that yeah. it should have kind of followed Luke's journey. Therefore, Leia could have been more part of that journey because her yeah. sister, the sister. Yeah. And then, you know, Han could have been thrown in there somehow, some way, because the whole Sun storyline could still have been there. Right. But that was the big mistake, that, that it should have followed the original character still and not put them in the background and basically th- tossed them aside. It well, should have even... been kind of like a handing off of the torch. Yeah, I think. that's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it would have felt more, it would have felt better that way instead of just thrusting these new characters upon us and going, ooh, uh, where are these people? And then suddenly, oh, yeah, nostalgic factor of throwing in a cameo. Yeah. Well, what sure. if they paced them so that we got to see Ben's training mm. and his mm-hmm. his transition, and mm-hmm. then the second one was dedicated to Ray's discovery and her initial conflict with mm-hmm. Ben, and then the last one would have been Ben's death and redemption and Ray's sure. you know maturation into the into the force and so that would the first one could have really focused on those people the one thing i had heard was that the conversation between ben and his father was supposed to be or their suspicion was that that was supposed to be ben's redemption moment with his mother yeah and that he was going to come to peace with her um physically you know mm-hmm. and and be able to talk to not just a memory reconstruction or whatever han solo was but have a conversation with his mother in which she forgave him and that her grace toward him was one of the initiating factors of his redemption yeah. and i thought that was really cool ever since i heard that i was just like man i, I wish <laughs> that wasn't cut short yeah yeah agreed i get it Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, so uh, since we're kind of already into Rise of Skywalker, we'll continue that discussion, of course. Um, I think the, uh, the, the, the uh, biggest uh, thing to discuss with Rise of Skywalker, of course, is going to be um, it's going to be Palpatine. I mean, that's the most mm-hmm. controversial part of Rise of Skywalker is the return of him. I mean, mm-hmm. what are your guys' thoughts on the return of Palpatine? Do you buy into it? Think it was a good idea? Was it was it written well enough in there to really include him? Did it make sense? I think it was a cop out. I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna be very blunt about the Rise of Skywalker because it's my it's my one of my least favorite. It's like right there with Attack of the Clones as my least really? favorite film. And mm. I'm gonna say it because the it was so much fan service. It was a it was a vomit of nostalgia and fan service into one film trying to bring all the fans back from the what everyone thought was a disaster in the Last Jedi. Mm. And they tried to force so much new and so much nostalgia and not enough substance that it just comes off as way too bland. It doesn't come off as a a good movie. It comes off as just, oh, remember this, remember this, remember this. And new stuff that completely destroys, you know, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And even even I think the finality of the return of the Jedi with with Palpatine's death. I do come away. I loved that Palpatine came back, but I did come away with some very significant questions that sure. I don't feel like have been answered, and I don't know how they're going to answer them. And again, what they're going to demand in terms of the investment of the fan base in order to answer very big questions. Um, I I think that they should have answered those in the context of the film. Um, to me. When the Emperor fell, and I, I know I mentioned this in our first podcast, Mike, but I think there's a very clear release of dark side energy, and I, and I even just rewatched it today, 
um, that I think is a very strong implication that Palpatine died. Um, and so I think to reintroduce his character without a very clear explanation for how he came back from literally death, just as, I don't know, just, I, I think you're right, Jerry. I think it was kind of playing off nostalgia mm. and, and assuming you could ride off that without giving a clear explanation for how it, how it happened. The one thing they could have done differently with Palpatine too is that you know it would have been nice too if like they would have dropped little little hints you know through seven and eight if they planned on doing that. There was something else I read about how um, this is I don't know how true this is, but apparently somebody that worked on concept art for uh, Rise of Skywalker he said that uh, while they were filming Last Jedi and J.J. Abrams was hired back on after the other director Colin Tevereau was fired. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was concept art being put together for Palpatine's return. Basically, they were planning it while Last Jedi was still being made. Hmm. But if that's true, then I'd have to ask, well, then why didn't Ryan Johnson throw in some, you know, little sprinkles of salt, basically, in there to get the hint at it? And yeah. that could be because Ryan Johnson wanted to be stingy and picky. I mean, it would fit the narrative with him, considering what he did to the movie. But to me, I feel like they're dropping these little these little leaks because they're trying to justify that there was always a plan to bring Mm -hmm. Kathleen Kennedy was even quoted in saying that bringing Paul Bettine back was always the plan for this trilogy. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Mm -hmm. it. They, they are, they are going back. They are trying to retcon the mistakes they know they made and they're trying to make excuses for them instead Mm -hmm. of owning up to them. And you were right, Alistair, that the biggest problem here is they bring Paul Bettine back. I loved the scene at the beginning, especially that line that he uses right out of Revenge of the Sith. It's Yeah. That line gives me goosebumps still. Yeah. But to make that line a good enough explanation to <laughs> how he survived, that is bullshit. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. bullshit and it's oh it's frustrating because I thought I was gonna read the novelization, get a better explanation, and that made it worse. Mm. That novelization made it worse. So the investment that it demanded of you didn't even pay off. <laughs> no even I waited for, for the novelization and it gave me a bullshit <laughs> explanation about how Palpatine's a clone and by the way raised the offspring of another Palpatine clone uh, yeah, yeah that's that's strange so that's canon that she was the offspring of a, of a Palpatine clone see now this is where the debate is because a lot of people have said that they don't want to read the novelization as canon because the novelization does a bunch of different things for instance they say Ray and Ren's kiss at the end was nothing but a friendly relief of, of what this is. It's, it's in no way. They use the actual words that it is in no way passionate. There is no love. They actually use those words. They are driving so hard to yeah. say it's not romantic at all. I don't buy that either. By watching with my own pair of eyes and their force connection, that is not just some kind no. of relief. Oh, it's finally over. It's romantic. It's romantic. Yeah, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, I I agree. I loved the line that mirrored what Palpatine was saying to Anakin when he was trying to seduce him into the dark side of the Force. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, I've become dissatisfied with simply repeating lines from the things I liked and and letting that be connection enough to the canon. And so just yeah. like you said, yeah. it's almost an unearned thing. Like you didn't write that line. You didn't write lines around it that conveyed an understanding of the lore you were expounding on. And 
frankly, weren't expounding on the lore much. Um, <laughs> I, I liked that Palpatine came back. I thought that was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Well, I like it too. I thought it was a great um, idea. But it did so much damage to the existing storyline because then all of a sudden you have this explanation of, well, then who the hell is Snoke? And why do we care? And where did he come from? And the fact that they just had Snokes in these little test tubes, I was like, (laughs) okay, I guess. Yeah, like... Another cop out. It just, no explanation. So then what? He was pulling the strings with this zombie force of the empire that what they've been there the whole time like were these ships there though i just it doesn't i do have an issue with that yeah i'll tell you what it is i'll tell you what it is okay so if if he was so far reaching and connecting with okay so supposedly he provided the force connection for for ray and uh and ren because snoke said he did Mm -hmm. that that obviously was palpatine so If if Paul Bettine was able to do all these things, well, from what I saw, he was pretty damn weak. So how was he doing all this from across the galaxy? That just doesn't doesn't make sense. He had quite a bit of followers, and I'd like to know what were those? Were those clones? Yeah. Were those, you know, mm-hmm. the Dark Council? What? But they like, all got disintegrated with the blast, so we can't ask them any questions. They're gone. Boy, it's yep. lost season six all over again. Also, I'm, I have a problem yeah. with the the Sith Wayfinder or whatever it's called. Why not go with the canon and call it a Sith holocron like it should be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I have a I, like I rewatched that scene and I'm going, no, I can't do it. Just stop. I also thought it was funny. It was funny to me to see. <laughs> It was funny to me in the beginning as I watched Kylo Ren very narrowly navigate the maze to get to the planet, and then <laughs> and at, then a thousand rebel ships and then, did it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden instead of single file line, which you would expect yeah. of the rebel ships, they all um, emerge Avengers style. Yeah, right? pretty much. <laughs> at the end of Endgame. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, well they're, they're, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Endgame because somebody pointed this out in a YouTube video. Okay, so at the end, when Ray is holding the lightsabers and he say, "I am all the Sith and I am all the Jedi," mm-hmm. well, what does that remind you of? Iron Man. I, I am, am inevitable. Man. Yeah. It, right there, yeah. there, there. That's that's the Disney ch- touch again. And I don't know well, if that was Disney putting their touch on it or that was just. So thing. I had heard. I had heard from a friend of mine who's like a, a movie crazy nut. Um, like me. Oh boy. Yeah. He like he's he just adds so much academic insight to it he talked about disney creating their movies in the storyboarding phase they actually use scenes from other movies to talk about the moments and the feeling and the aesthetic that they want um and then they fill in the story to fit the feeling and and if you think about a, a heftier lore that requires a little bit more nuance and understanding i think that that bears out you're like well gosh why did all of these rebel ships appear when it's supposed to be hard to get to this exegol planet mm-hmm. well that's because that's the moment they wanted and so that's the moment they got because that was like this cool on your left moment when everybody warps in <laughs> to to show their support and so mm-hmm. I've been kind of disappointed when he when he 
revealed that to me because I've seen the movie Magic a little bit more in mm-hmm. Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that explains a lot of the moments that make less sense is that they're really going for the aesthetic and the, the moment. Hollywood ending. Yeah, or even any scene, like the scenes between the people. Maybe someone said, oh, we need a scene like that scene in Apocalypse Now where they're talking and, you know, I mm. I don't so have... just yeah. use the same format. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, and at the end of the day, they're a business. They're trying to not make money. And I think mm. that's why they haven't done a lot of... Riskier moves. Brave stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. A, of all the remakes of the Disney movies, I thought um, Aladdin is probably my favorite of the Disney oh, classic remakes. Hands down. Yeah, I really enjoyed Aladdin very much. I thought it was very faithful to the cartoon, but it added its own little flair. Yeah, and it took liberties. It was like Aladdin meets Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and that's what you get <laughs> with some- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, to be honest, I think Genie was a big part of, of a spin on that movie because he didn't yeah. try to be um he didn't try to be robin williams he, he made his own character out of right. genie but still Absolutely. was faithful to genie versus like whoever the heck played scar filling jeremy irons shoes super <laughs> poorly so oh, yeah. and that's just the problem i've had with modern disney movies is they're not they're not what they used anything. to be yeah yeah, they've lost a little bit of their uh, their originality. They they they're, they're going back to their original playbook, and they're yeah. just rehashing the same the same thing. And that that's a Disney problem. And that's mainly because of who's in charge now. The CEO of Disney that was running all this, he's not the CEO no more. Um, a new guy's been hired, and actually one of his first orders of business was wanting to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy number one, and then number two. Um, I know Alistair and I talked about this on on the Rise of Skywalker podcast we did. Um, there is that long rumored director's cut of Rise of Skywalker that apparently is far superior that they cut. From what I heard, there's a lot of things they cut. And one of the things they mainly cut was more explanation on Palpatine's return. Mm-hmm. That would have been, it made the film so much better. Yeah. And that's why I well, then it would have cut. been for the Star Wars fans. I think one of the challenges they face is trying to broaden their fan base. And yeah. so, sure. Um, it's kind of like the the feeling I get of Star Trek. You know, there's people who are hardcore Trekkies that seem dissatisfied with the modern remakes, and it might be because they've broadened it. I mean, the same thing's happening in video games too. You look at Elder Scrolls; it's gotten more and more accessible, which has made me less and less happy mm-hmm. um, because elements that I've really loved have started to get designed out for this it's appealing to a general base is what yeah it's well, and and yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that plays out over the over generations like i feel like the original trilogy has the potential to play out over generations like you know i'll watch those with my kids and get joel excited about them you yeah. know um i think when you try to appeal to a larger demographic you might not have as deep a roots as you would have mm-hmm. otherwise yeah mm-hmm. Well, it's like yeah. the prequel trilogy now. It's gaining a newfound respect now. Respect it never yeah. got all these years. Mm-hmm. And now people are finally lo- looking at them and saying, you know what? These are not as, you know, bad as I was trashing them on. I mean, mm. I know Jeremy. I'm, I'm I know Jeremy. I never thought that way. Well, I'm a convert. <laughs> and I think, I think exposure, when you were exposed to them, because um, if it was the first Star Wars you interfaced with, 
especially as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like I went through the uh, hateful sequel tri- prequel trilogy mode just because it was, you know, the some, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. well, just like <laughs> retrospectively, oh, that's maybe as I grew up, I felt like I aged out of it, whereas Harry Potter kind of aged with me. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard. Yeah, um, I can't tell you how many how many debates I have with people. I'm sticking up for the uh, prequel trilogy, and it caused a lot of arguments and a so, lost so a lot of friends, friends. Mike. Well, no, it was a lot of friends, but I mean, it, it, the discussions got very, very heated. And I, as I always said to this day, Mike's I, movie I nights slowly had less and less people attending them. Yeah, because like, oh, I, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't sit with somebody to justify that. I'm thinking he's got the prequels on his movie show. Yeah, and I think you know what? I, I look at them straight in the face. I say, you know what? You don't like the prequels, then you're not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> That's my argument. And then I'm like, done. So, do you like the sequels? Yeah, I still like the sequels. And like I said, I have a lot of problems yeah. with the sequel trilogy. And don't get me wrong, I actually, I, there's a lot about Rise of Skywalker I still like. Mm-hmm. I agree with Jeremy that there is a lot of fan service in there, but there's still a lot of moments in there that I that I really love that I can go back and still pick favorite moments, saga moments, yeah. and the score is still amazing. I mean, yeah. the score so, gets you every time. Yeah, the score is great. So I'm I'm gonna revitalize uh, a discussion that Mike and I had on this that we actually came up on different sides on. I'm interested to hear Dan and Jeremy's thoughts. Mm-hmm. How how'd you feel about um, Ray's taking the name Skywalker? Hated it. Wow, oh boy. It. Here here's the debate of the show. We we found I it. Hated this is it. it. <laughs> I I think just like the rest of the trilogy it was undeserving because she didn't even know who she was half yeah. of the time. You can't just suddenly decide you're a Skywalker. Like I seen the memes like uh, Spider-Man, oh we're making them using our made up names now. Okay, okay. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, I mean to have that in contrast to the novelization claiming that it was an unromantic kiss, because I'll tell you, honestly, the first thing it made me think of when she said that was the end of Titanic when Rose takes um, Jack's name. Jack's name. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But I thought the whole point of the movie was the redemption of the corrupted Palpatine name. Like, how much cooler would it have been if she was like, I'm Ray Palpatine. And, like, mm-hmm. to be a new era of that name. Oh, that would have been cooler, in my opinion. But yeah, I, th- I think it would have been cool if it wasn't the end of the saga. If it wasn't <laughs> the end just of the not saga, a Skywalker, it, though. Well, I don't think it's so much about her being a Skywalker in general. It's It's so much that... Re- uh, Leia and and play, play, played such an influence on her life, especially mm. in Rise of Skywalker. Leia sure. became very important to her, and I think she realized that the Skywalker name meant, you know, the Skywalkers fought Palpatine for so long. Palpatine yeah. was the evil that she was trying not to become, and exactly. I think it, I, I don't think it's so much that she's labeling herself a Skywalker because of that. I think it's because she's. She's seeing the fact that she chose a side. It's like symbolism. She's saying, mm. I'm Ray Skywalker. I am the good. I am not the evil. I am not sure. Palpatine. I'm forgetting sure. the past. Mm. And I, I will say, I, that moment comes on screen, and, and believe it or not, when that line came up, I was in my brain, I was like, say it. Say <laughs> it. And when she said it, I went like this, and goosebumps yep. went all over my body. I was I, next I just, to him. Mike, I was next to him. Mike, Mike jumped out of his seat. 
I think they were like, Cut, that's a wrap. Great job, everybody. And then yeah. they're like, guys, didn't we call this the Rise of Skywalker? And they were like, oh, crap. So, so part part of the reason that that I I brought up the the question about Ray's parents and what's canon is because if in the novelization, if if yeah, because I I feel like part of the equation for me of what she should take on as a name is is the identity of her parents, um, because she is less defined I feel like by her grandfather than she is by you know whatever we know of her yeah. parents like she's she's casting off not only her grandfather's yeah. name but also her parents well name. she defends them too right her because in i think it's this the second one the last jedi where kylo ren tells her her parents discarded her like trash and for drinking like, no money. they didn't yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which i don't know if, he, if was he telling the truth there did they ever confirm that or well she oh, my point was that she contests against that claim. sure and sure. she says, yeah. no, they'll come back. And so, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's one of those, one of those moments where I'm, I'm almost kind of glad the saga ends on that moment. I, to, to me, I, w- I was very satisfied by that. Um, hmm. you know, I would have been equally as pleased with her like opening her mouth and taking a breath to say who she was and just cutting right there. That would have been better. That would have been okay. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been that. even more pleased if after she after <laughs> she buried the lightsaber, it panned up and the last thing we saw was a yellowish tinge to her eyes and then it fades out. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, the big debate with the ending too is, and, and I sent you guys this video, didn't I, with all the uh, the different um, force ghosts mm-hmm. and how all of them appeared. First of all, yeah. that's even how it went. That's number that one. And from what I've awesome. heard, the director's cut... They did shoot those. It's awesome, the, Dan. The director's cut would contain those if they do them, which, by the way, the yeah. director's cut, from what I'm hearing, is going to come out in 2022 on Disney Plus yeah. if it didn't range true. Yeah. But, well, um, so I'll tell you what. I Any director's cut mention, I would have been like, no, not happening. But, but since that one, the Snyder cut is getting released, <laughs> I feel like it's a new era of movies. Maybe it's like COVID yeah. movies where they're like, heck, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just do it. We've got it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Might as well do it. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of yeah. those the good things. It's one of those things where I'm hoping that that um that that happens. I want to see more of those moments. But the big thing about the ending is, people said that when they showed Luke and Leia at the end, Kylo should have actually been there in Force Ghost as well. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, think of sure. it like the end of Return of the Jedi. Anakin appears there because he was redeemed. So mm-hmm. why wasn't Kylo next to his mother and his uncle as well? Because mm-hmm. he redeemed. is inside of Rey. I heard that theory. They said that's part of the reason why she also said she was a Skywalker too, because part yeah. of Ren lives in there. Is, oh, well, if they are a dyad, like they're I keep going back to that word, but like dyad. they are two in one. And so yeah. maybe she is a Skywalker. Maybe she doesn't even have parents. Huh. Again, there's a lot of. We're getting, we're getting a little bit strange here. <laughs> Maybe another world of the force. Kylo Ren's nose was twice the original size, <laughs> and a piece of it fell off, and it formed into Ray. No. Here's a question I had watching again this most recent time: Why was she scratching tick marks on on the scav ship that she was residing in? How many if days she, her parents left her, I think. Right. So yeah. she remembers her parents? 
Well, she was probably about five or six years old from the flashbacks. I, she remembers that moment. So I think she remembers them to a degree, yeah. but you think she'd remember the, the situation that they were in though. Right. Yeah. And, and so point. that's where I think, again, the disjointed storyline, the Ray in the force awakens knew a lot more about her parents than the Ray in The Last Jedi. She oh, was God, like, yeah. I mean, if you're saying you want to go back to the planet because your parents are coming back, that's, that doesn't seem like just aimless hope if you're scratching away. Well, you shirt. know what? I have, this, I have this live article right now explaining that Palpatine is a, has a forced amnesia on Ray throughout the entire series. Wait, that? Really? Does that work? No. Oh, I was like, I. Wow. I mean, force amnesia. Oh, it, that that goes back oh to the discussion gosh. we had about Anakin having a spell over Padme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I don't yeah, like no. that. I don't I almost like had that you theory. there, Dan. I almost had you. Yeah, but really? <laughs> uh, how have we m- not mentioned Babu Frick? Uh, oh yeah, we didn't mention Bobby wait, Frick. Wait, was that a scoff? No, I I like Bobby Frick. Oh, okay. oh, from it there, I was like, what? You don't like Bobby Frick? Who doesn't like Bobby Frick? He's mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's a place to speak against him, Al, clearly this isn't it. This no, this is not the forum, I guess. <laughs> no, I have no no qualms with Bobby Frick, but that does lead to I think a, a question we usually dive into, which is most favorite and least favorite parts of the trip. One thing, I, one thing I wanted to bring up before we get into that was uh, just little brief comments on Rogue One and Solo because we haven't talked about those. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'll keep brief my thoughts. Solo comment really brief. I haven't oh, seen boy. it yet. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Solo, wow. needs, Solo needs a sequel. Yes. It was, so I yes. I don't know what it was, but I, I just... Ha- Never watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took Give me it a while watch. to get, get up the courage to watch it, but after I watched it, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I also have not loved Amelia Clark outside of her role as mm-hmm. um as Daenerys Targaryen. I I didn't like her as Sarah Connor. Um no, no, she didn't fit the don't- role. I would say don't focus on her character in Solo. You know, it, it, it's it's not worth it to get invested. Sure. <laughs> no. So yeah, the movie's so, very underrated. It's very underrated. Solo Solo was a lot better. It got a lot of bad press just because it came out so close to Last Jedi, and because mm-hmm. there was a lot of backlash with Last Jedi. The movie is actually very good, and, and yeah, it deserves. Okay. It deserves sequel and and if and it has a little bit of that prequel touch to it but it also has some of that original trilogy touch to it it's kind of a mixture of both that's that's a pretty cool endorsement i'm i'm intrigued i i i I like solo i watched it this last week and i just like i really Hmm. like this movie i do too i love it the the guy who plays han is fantastic at it that's cool and then uh uh donald glover i think that's what it was uh plays lando Lando. yeah oh Mm -hmm. My yeah, gosh, that is like the perfect young Lando right yeah. there. Well, I don't think I've seen him in anything that I've disliked. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, Dan, I think you're going to like Solo. I think. That's cool. I'll keep my review of Rogue One as equally brief. It is the best Star Wars film. It's the perfect I do like it. Star yeah. Wars film. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say it is so well made. The way it's shot, it kind of has that 
um, I want to say almost like a Saving Private Ryan kind of yes. look. Yes. Hmm. Oh, it just, that's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. I love just everything yeah. about it. And the, the director of it, which is Gareth Edwards, he did the uh, most recent Godzilla remake. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Um, I, I, I want him to do another Star Wars movie. I, yeah. I do yeah. because he, he understood the yeah. universe. It, it, yeah. That's the point. He, he, he took a very challenging chronological position between the two like almost contested trilogies you either love the prequels yeah but it just fits so nicely and he his fan service was so delicate i get that there's some people have issues with the um the guys that were on tatooine um oh the guys at the bar and yeah and i get people are like how does that chronological chronology work how did they escape but aside from that i just i loved how they introduced all these characters they introduced non-force sensitive jedi religion members mm-hmm. in cheered mm-hmm. way my favorite star wars character yeah um, i just loved it i thought it was so good thoughts on vader's portrayal at the end amazing yeah badass I, I get chills every every single time I watch that scene. I get chills, and the music just fuels it even further. Well, if I mean, one of the things that I think the original trilogy misses is the fight choreography is very weak. Mm-hmm. And so that should be Vader in his most deadly. He's realized but, his power. He's lost everything that's important to him. He's seen yeah, I, I have to bring it up. He didn't go back to Mustafar to charge his batteries. Oh, <laughs> that explanation. Get out of here. <laughs> that is the one problem with that scene is that why is Vader so aggressive and quick there? But in A New Hope, he's fighting Obi-Wan like, Ugh. Yeah, because <laughs> it's fight choreography. It's, it's the emphasis mm. that we've placed in a new era of movie making. Mm. I mean, if you think about it, fighting used to be a genre of movie, like martial arts films. But now in almost any movie, you have fight choreographers, you have mixed martial artists coming in mm-hmm. to be the villains. Mm-hmm. You have people spending months doing fitness regimen. And sometimes people are selected for little else other than their fitness and and physical prowess to to adopt into roles like when Stephen Amell was going to be the green arrow you know mm-hmm. what was he known for except on his instagram he was just training all the time and getting as fit as he could right. and and that's an element that i think is enhances movies i love that i think so the, the fact reason, that yeah the reason that the the older trilogy it, it, it lacks in that the fight choreography is because they were so limited in their editing with True. with the lightsabers the lightsabers was what held them back yeah because uh-huh. then because after that then you look at the prequels and they're flying all over the place well they're right. beautiful in the prequels they, they i think Vader was just, stuff yeah. back then. i think he was just trying to humiliate kenobi by not going all out on him and still defeating him <laughs> toying with his mind you're an well, old so that remake that mouse. you sent me alistair uh the, was the amazing so good yeah, yeah, i love that remake Re-ima- yeah that, that fight reimagined yeah. i would that love could be put in the movie i would love the original movie. trilogy reimagined hmm. and and the, the only guidelines would be don't change any greedo shooting first <laughs> 
Uh, you know what? I think Greedo did shoot first. <laughs> oh boy. So I skipped. That's the debate we were missing in, in That was the one. <laughs> I so I, at first I was like, okay, which is it? I love a stiff cannon. And then I realized, okay, who better to decide it than George Lucas? <laughs> but then it wasn't the original. And but, so I But get, George I, wavered. <laughs> yeah. Well he, he did. His explanation that Han is a is a scoundrel, yes, but he still carries the cowboy aspect of he's not gonna initiate the violence, but he will he is um good enough to end it or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he only reached for his gun because Greedo was gonna shoot. But I don't know. I just liked that explanation. I thought it added honor to Han's name that I appreciated. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Alistair's favorite part. Uh, favorite moments of the sequel trilogy and the worst moment of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> I don't know who wants to go first. I mean, I, I, it might be interesting how this is going to go. Mm. I'm not going to go first. There's no way. <laughs> I don't think I want to go first either. Well, I can at least give my what my favorite moment is um, kind of Ray's unveiling when she grabs when she, when Kylo goes to grab the lightsaber and it flies past his face and it goes right into Ray's hand and then the Force theme comes in. That's just that's, uh, that's probably one of my if if not my favorite, definitely one of my my top favorite moments of the entire trilogy. Um, wow. a lot of nostalgia and it's just really cool to see Ray coming into her own there yeah. um, least favorite um, I won't go with a line this time um, I think my it's least favorite <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think my least favorite is the the utter lack of development to the acquiring of Luke's lightsaber by Maz hmm. yep that yeah, really that, bothered me. They never ex- explained that. Like, just how that she, she get had that it in a box. Yeah, just that she yeah. randomly had that Ray happened to find it. They happened to be in the exact plant they needed to be for her to find it. It was just all very, that, those were one of those moments where I'm like, okay, the 20 minutes on the casino planet could have been spent on this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, Moss gets no screen time hardly at all in Last Jedi, and that kind of pissed me off because I wanted to know more about her because J.J. spent time kind of, developing her and we never really yeah. got more after force awakens because rise of skywalker even was very very small well she was right. in a fight she was in well a fight again the whole time. that could have they been tried, the casino planet they tried calling her she was enter excuse um, right. <laughs> pretty much my oh gosh i can't go yet i don't know okay i'm, I'm struggling I okay. I'm gonna still stick with my with my favorite character Finn in The Force Awakens when he is when <clears throat> they're infiltrating Star Killer Base, and he just comes with the up with the line. We just we use the Force, and Han goes, "That's not how the Force works." That's classic. <laughs> that is that good, is classic. That's a good moment. That was uh-huh. my favorite yep. Finn moment. Yeah, right there. yeah, yeah. Least favorite. Oh boy. Least favorite. Okay, my favorite. I 
<laughs> think about it. I have two things, so I don't know if this is cheating. I just can't think of one. Only I loved the scene where Ben killed his dad. I just mm. that is such a That's powerful a scene. scene for me. Yeah. And I remember a criticism coming up afterward that was why didn't Chewbacca save Han and kill Ben? And then a fan released this comic of Chewbacca looking at Ben through the arc blaster and then remembering growing up with him and like helping Mm -hmm. him through his struggles as like a companion to him. And Mm -hmm. I've got goosebumps right now. I just, Mm -hmm. it added so much that we missed of the relationship of the solos and the Skywalkers and that that was, you know, Chewbacca didn't yeah. want to kill Ben just as much as Han didn't want to kill Ben in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it just solidified it. Amazing. I, yeah. Another thing yeah. that people yeah. brought up is that they they were talking about how when uh, Kylo was fighting both Rey and Finn that he couldn't take them all on. And I keep going back to the one story that just shows, okay, they showcased Chewie's bowcaster as being a very powerful weapon, like knocking stormtroopers on their ass. Yeah. And they he Ben took that blast to the gut. So he's hurting through that whole thing. Yeah. And mm. we were like, well, why can't Ben and why can't he could you know take them out? He was struggling to stand. Right. He was using everything just to walk over to them. Right. Yeah, I do agree with yeah. you. That's a that's a pretty good scene. And then the the other one is more of a motif, but I really liked any moment where Ray was struggling with the dark side. And I think my my love of that theme came to fruition when she used force lightning on that ship. And it mm-hmm. was such a startling moment. And in the theater, it was so loud. Mm-hmm. And just she was shocked by it. And so... I just thought, man, they really did this well too. Just her struggling mm, with good. with yeah. literally that power inside of her. So, um, mm. yeah, I couldn't pick just one, but <laughs> least favorite for me. <sighs> I didn't dislike the casino scene as much as I thought I would <laughs> this time around. Just. <laughs> Mostly because of that little guy sticking coins in a BB-8. I was like, <laughs> that was okay. pretty funny. I'm like, this is funny. And I love Justin Theroux, and he had a cameo in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with any time when they took the humor too far, like um, like when Finn is like, droid, please it broke the immersion of the movie for me. The same thing happened in black Panther when they started quoting like uh, meme, meme phrases, like what are those? And like whip my hair back and forth, just this, Mm -hmm. it was just this pulled me out of the immersiveness of the movie and reminded me like, these are writers writing things for these people to say. And it breaks, it breaks the immersion for me. And I, when when you start to think like oh i'm watching a movie and this is scripted it that that does it for me i'm actually gonna come back in and say my least favorite moment with something like that um when finn wakes up in 
The Last Jedi, and he's just walking down the hallway in that suit, leaking all that kind of stuff. I felt like that was kind of a moment that really took away from the film too. Mm-hmm. Unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was it was humor yeah. that didn't need to be there because it was a tense situation. Yeah. And from that point on, I knew that Finn was not going to be used the way that he should have been throughout the mm-hmm. rest oh, interesting. of the series. Yeah. yeah. It was a joke after that. There was, you know, Dan, you mentioned this earlier, and I, I think that I, I agree um, that there was a real, an opportunity for Finn to be like a, a kind of a martyr, like a, a self-sacrificing character when he was going towards the canon. Yeah. And I, and I was watching for it the, the, the time I watched it recently to see how I felt knowing what was about to happen. And I still feel like I would have probably actually enjoyed his character be, becoming a martyr there. And um that's yeah, the, sick, Al. The way you well, say that sounds <laughs> sick. No, I agree, though. It's it's like, okay, you saved him for what? Right, right. Because you had a character that we fell in love with. We fell yeah. in love with his honesty, with the courage it took to defect from the stormtroopers. What did you save him for mm-hmm. If to just discard him as like a 2D character by the end? That was, was just, he was just a, a, a grunt. That's all he yeah. was. He was a resistance yeah. grunt that kept even in the third was movie, friends he, he was friends with ray yeah My he was he, yeah what it's funny i sent you guys a link of like the honest trailer for rise of skywalker it, his <laughs> character was boiled down to trying to stay involved with everybody who was important <laughs> <laughs> like he's like yeah, no you shouldn't come with the students we're, we're all in this together this is all of us we're all here yeah like he just it was so secondary and yeah <laughs> so bad well and i think to your point al the the times when characters stay dead or when things are really rough or when you see terror and pain they give the moments where the jokes are more welcome you know (laughs) and i think marvel Mm -hmm. just nails that balance where you know you've got characters in the height of existential dread as they disappear in the same scene as like um star lord imitating thor's voice and you welcome those breaks because the rest of it is just so heavy and so maybe if they didn't uh blunt the moments that could have been tougher to deal with like chewbacca's death c-3po's death finn's death rose's death like all those things that could have brought more of a depth to it i don't know yeah well finn finn should have died in that moment that was that was a deserved death scene for him and the fact of the matter he's not given a whole lot of stuff to do in rise of skywalker where he really was necessary right so i mean him dying there would have been a a a pretty big moment it would have been a big turnaround moment for for the the trilogy to make and that's where i think ryan johnson screwed up yeah or can the romance with with ren yeah. And explore the ship with Finn and Ray, and yeah. have him be force sensitive. You know, they could have gone any which way, but they just yeah. didn't give him a moment, and then just mm. shuffled him off. Yeah. yeah, I also don't like the space horses in uh, Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> where they're just riding across the the Star Destroyer. That eh. that felt like the moment in Canto Bite riding on the animals. It, it was kind of one mm. of those moments. I didn't like that scene. In, in Rise yeah. or Last Jedi at all. It, I think for me, it was just another instance of a, a peek at something that could have been more developed, but since it wasn't, I was lost on 
on its sure. larger impact. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Um, my favorite and least moments. Oh boy, let's see. Um, well, I surprisingly enough, one of my favorite moments. I got two. It's gonna come out. One of them's gonna come out of um, Last Jedi. Uh, I very much like the beginning space battle. I think it was very well done when they're taking down the dreadnought and with the with the bombers and stuff like that. It felt like a very classic space battle out of the original trilogy. You know, I felt felt like yeah. that was a great way to open the film, and th- that really got me at the beginning of that movie. I I loved that part uh, so much, and I always go back to that as being one of my favorites. Um, the other moment probably would have to come out of uh, Rise of Skywalker. I like the scene where Ray enters the Death Star. And goes into the throne room, and and the emperor's theme builds in the background, and uh, it just it's a very nostalgic moment, and uh, especially when she goes inside, you know, sees the mirror, sees the dark version of herself, and then it leads into that battle with Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, very, it's just a very nostalgic moment, and I, I I go back to that being one of my favorite ones too. Um, least favorite moment, uh, I got two of those as well. Uh, one, I don't like when Luke throws the lightsaber over the edge. Mm, last jedi sure i do not like that a little bit too flippant yeah it just felt like a disney moment it just felt forced yeah. it just felt like oh this will this will be something people don't expect and it yeah, just didn't yeah. feel like luke <laughs> um yeah. and then probably yeah the scene on canto bite when they're riding the animals i think there was some bad cg there too it looked really <laughs> fake and uh, those were I'd, cute though if only, if only that was enough to justify it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's actually, to be honest, out of the whole trilogy, that, that scene probably has some of the worst CG that I've seen in the whole saga. It just looks, wow. it just looks bad. Whole saga. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the only other thing I could point out that looks just as bad as the Stormtroopers on the Animals in a New Hope Special Edition. Gungan. You think Gungan City looks better than that? Okay, that's, that, that's in the top three. That's right behind Now, me. maybe okay, if there was fine. some way to adjust for the advances in technology like when you adjust for inflation or something but Mm -hmm. i I will say sorry that's one thing i liked about this trilogy there wasn't a uh side civilization that was going to come and help them out at the last minute sort of thing it was i was hoping the porks would i knew you were gonna bring up the porgs alistair (laughs) pork although porgs can fly i guess i didn't catch that the first time so actually you know why they had to do that because when they were filming on that island, there were so many pelicans around that they had to see. They were, the only way they could do it was to CGI the porgs in, because otherwise it was going to be too hard for them to CGI the pelicans out. Why so don't they, they just so, keep the wow. pelicans in? I don't know. I guess they just didn't, didn't think it was Star Warsy enough. <laughs> wow. I, you know what? I like the porgs. Yeah, me too. The porgs, the porgs are fine. You know who we yeah. didn't mention, and I'm surprised. There's so much hate. Nobody mentioned Rose. Oh, I liked I liked Rose. I like Rose I, too. I don't have a problem. What I didn't like her. Rose was Wait, how Ro- <laughs> <laughs> I, it was strange that she diminished in prominence quite a bit in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that was, that was right. that's the thing, is that she was such a serious character and I like I I loved the concept of her character. It was just like Finn thrown away in the next installment. Yeah. It was just yeah. you have you have all these new characters and then you do nothing with them. It doesn't mm. feel. Still have a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I 
I feel hey. like my only problem with those characters was that nothing became of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Too many throwaways. Yeah. Damn. And and again, I think that's just the disjointed nature of this trilogy. There, maybe J.J. Abrams felt like there was too much to undo that yeah. they didn't have time to further develop it. But Which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the director's cut. I heard there was more scenes with Rose in the director's cut. That would so, be cool. I mean, this is a cut that I think that is going to be just as much wanted as that Snyder cut. I think it's going to be very interesting and that's Snyder cut by the way I'm I am so ready to see that cut because I don't have a problem so much with that Justice League version but I haven't seen it wait for the Snyder cut just I would just wait at this point sure um, well I saw Batman vs Superman and I hated it so much <laughs> I couldn't that... I couldn't pay attention to that movie did you the see the ultimate could... cut no it's much better the one I couldn't watch was Suicide Squad, which is crazy because I was, I love the DC universe and I was yeah. like neck deep yeah. in the Arkham games yeah. because the Batman <laughs> games, the video games are phenomenal. Injustice oh, yeah. did a great storyline. Yeah. And so I came to these DC movies expecting, I guess, like that. Dark Knight caliber stuff. And it just... Yeah. <laughs> I actually had this yeah. discussion... Nope. Uh, with 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 my wife is that uh, DC does really well with TV while Marvel does really good with movies. I agree yeah. with that statement. Because I I love the CW Arrowverse. Arrowverse? Oh. So do I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So great. Did well, you, did, and did you guys yeah. love Smallville when it was on? Uh, I stopped watching it eventually, but we watched that as a family. I feel mm-hmm. like for a long time until we got rid of cable. Surprisingly, yes. Yeah, Smallville Smallville's still my all Smallville's still my all time favorite series. I just I just I grew up with that show and I just I fell in love with it and I still watch it today. It's just it's so yeah. good. So I good. haven't seen it. Really? I haven't seen Smallville. Oh, it's very cool because oh, yeah. they do the whole like Superman coming of age and so he experiences powers and like how do I control these and it's I I highly recommend it okay gosh Absolutely. it's got like what 10 seasons 10 seasons at, 218 at least, episodes at least the first four are amazing and then I don't know why I stopped watching it I'm gonna have to check that out <laughs> yeah yeah definitely worth it I mean like seasons one through four are like his high school years and then it gets into the Superman lore into five and then starts building up to him becoming Superman at 10. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I need to go back to that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, okay. Star Wars. So <laughs> Rose, uh, Rose brought us here Rose, because yeah, she I'm, was such a non-starter character. I'm telling you, our next podcast series should either be Marvel or DC because I mean we're already getting into that conversation. I would love we're, to do Marvel. I the Marvel series I've seen more than any series we've talked about, except maybe Lord of the Rings, but it's starting to rival it because I will rewatch them a lot. Mm-hmm. I might have to join you on that one. There's cause... only 23 <laughs> films, Al. You can. Oh, I've seen them all. Oh, okay, okay. cool. All right, Rewatch. so yeah. <laughs> we'll set it in stone now. Marvel, it is. It'll yeah. Be so we <laughs> should. Marvel. I think we should keep. We need. Well, this is this. It's not a talk for right now, but yeah, we'll we'll discuss when we're, we we turn it off. We'll, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate, so I hate Marvel. Oh no. <laughs> I'm you, just kidding. You, you need to leave. You need to leave. Can you, can you imagine if, if, if 
you just had one person coming in and throwing out all these, these terrible arguments against all the Marvel films. If you look hard enough, we probably could find somebody. I'd love to throw him in there with all of us because he'd be <laughs> thrown into the fire big time. Um, okay, wow, so our, our, our final scores for the sequel trilogy and we'll throw in even the scores for Rogue One and Solo. Solo. Score N slash A. <laughs> We'll revisit Rogue, it somehow, somewhere. Rogue One, 11. <laughs> We're on a Whoa, one to 10, Lord of right? the Rings caliber. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I loved it. I thought it was so good. And I think part of it, too, was all my coworkers tore it apart. And so I what? felt this, like, contrarian need to defend it and ended up just bolstering my love for it. Uh, in true confirmation bias fashion. So 11 and then um, 7, 8, and 9, I will say, ooh, I'll say mm-hmm. 7. No, is that too low? Hold on. Let me think of the la- the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 8. Nine, eight. <laughs> eight, nine? Okay. But okay. I, I, it's it's so arbitrary. Okay. Okay. Solo. I'm gonna give. I'll give a. I'll give an eight to Solo. Um, Rogue One. Eleven. I was planning on saying eleven before you even did it. I, <laughs> it is the perfect Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Seven, eight, nine. I will give, it was going to be eight, eight, and five. What? Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Now my heart hurts. Okay. Maybe it's seven. So I cannot in good faith give an 11 to Rogue One and allow it to top the Lord of the Rings films in my mind. Who said top? So I will... Uh, so I, I will give it a ten. <laughs> it is on, it is on par with my my love for the Lord of the Rings films. Um, Solo I will give a five. Um, Force Awakens seven, Last Jedi six, Rise of Skywalker six point five. Okay. Where were you when we were talking about Solo and everyone <laughs> yeah, was because... telling me I had to watch it? I'm shocked I just, by your solo score. I was minding my own business. <laughs> I I'll tell you what. I hate oh. rating movies on a number, a numeric yeah. scale. It could be tough. It could be tough. I remember when Netflix had the four or five star rating system or whatever. You guys have no idea how many times I went through and cleared all my ratings and redid <laughs> right? them. I just suck at ratings. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you got to tell us though about the solo thing real quick because I got to know why. Uh, I mean, I I enjoyed. I I will say this: what I enjoyed about solo was that it con- it it contributed a decent amount to lore. Like I came out with a better understanding of the background of like question how, how hot how she we met how hot and Lando Lando met. What what, what was the question? I was just gonna say by the end of solo, will I know Chewie's life debt to yeah. Han? Yes, yeah. okay. you will know all yeah. that. You'll cut, That's yeah, all you'll I def- really want to go away from the film with. Yeah, you will also I, I, see the Kessel Run. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, that's yep. predictable. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed its its contribution to my. Uh, I came away with a fuller understanding of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't enjoy the story. <laughs> that was all. Yeah, I can, oh, I can understand, understand that. <laughs> well, then, boy, well, I'm, I'm, we all I'm, think you're dumb. I think, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know if I would have gone that far, but okay. I did enjoy the <laughs> actors. I the 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 actors that played Lon. Lando and Han, I, I did enjoy them. Lon well. and Hando. <laughs> Lon, Lon and Hando. Uh, Han, Han, Hando, Han. I think Actually, uh, Hondo's a character from uh, Clone Wars. <laughs> really? Yeah. I haven't gotten that far yet, I don't think. I'd, I'd have to say this episode, uh, the scruffy looking nerf herder is definitely Alistair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His hatred for Solo. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's really he's really gonna find my my solo score interesting now then oh boy eleven okay well okay so rogue rogue one eleven rogue rogue one is just a fantastic film from beginning to end it's just mm-hmm. fantastic other than maybe Leia's CGI at the end that could have been a little better but other than that, oh see I liked that mm-hmm. I thought it could be a little bit I better I, I liked the scene I, I do it agree it wasn't as good as Tarkin you could definitely tell that it was CG yeah mm-hmm. um solo here it comes nine, mm-hmm. nine. I, 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 I love solo Anakin, you're going down a path I can't follow. That's not in the solo film. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm just saying Mike's going down a path I can't follow in the uh, night. <laughs> um, Force Awakens. Uh, Here's where we sit and pretend Mike's not going to say 10, 9, 10. Well, <laughs> well, like I've told you, I give them all 10s in general, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fair. I'm going to be... I know. Yeah, I'm the same with rating. It's so hard. Uh, I'll give Force Awakens an eight, and the only reason why I do that, and it's, it's a little bit lower, is just because some of the rehashes from A New Hope are in there, and that's a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. interesting for it. Um, Last Jedi. Uh, before we started this podcast, I would have given it a lot lower of a score, but I told Alistair the one day he was over that I started watching Last Jedi, and I started getting a little bit of a newfound respect for it a little bit. So um, I'm actually going to give. I'm tossing up Last Jedi between seven and eight. Uh, it's I'm gonna say seven because of some of the Luke choices, mm. um, and then Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I like some of the nostalgia, so I'll go with the probably about an eight on that too. So eight, seven, eight on the sequel trilogy, and then what nine for Solo and eleven for Rogue One. So cool. Hmm. Everyone's just gonna see me as the villain of these things because I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> as long yeah, that, as you don't give any ones, Jeremy, me. I won't contest. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that'd be weird if we uh, had Bless something you. that fell that low. <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Yeah, we you got some bless yous, hon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. Well, all in all, that concludes the Star Wars podcast. Wow, that was quite the journey, guys. That was nine fun. movies. That was a lot of fun. It was um, good. Yeah, eleven uh, movies. Oh, yeah, 11. You're right. 11 movies. Uh, but are we going to so, do The Mandalorian? Yeah, that starts right now. Another that's hour. Whole, yeah, yeah. Whole, Another uh, hour of The Mandalorian coming Mandalorian. up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe down the road we should do one dedicated to TV. That would be, that'd be an interesting be thing to mm-hmm. connect it all. Um, so, so I think we're all in agreement then. So, uh, so Marvel then, I guess. 
Yeah. One, one, one cast in all 23? No. <laughs> no. Rank, we probably, rank all 23. I think is, this, this is a conversation we need to have after we end yes. the podcast. Yeah, I agree. So we'll just tell the listeners that the Marvel Universe will be next, and I think all four of us are returning. So I'm glad to have you guys on board, and we'll continue cool. these conversations. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. And well, may the force be with you. And also with you. Indeed. My boy. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. thousand generations the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old republic before the dark times, before the Empire. I was once a Jedi Knight the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. And he was a good friend. How did my father die? A young Jedi named Darth Vader. He betrayed and murdered your father. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Stop now! Come back! I love you! Liar! I have failed you, Anakin. This is the end for you, my master. Lord Vader. Rise. Yes, master. Where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? I know. There's good in here. a new enemy he could destroy us he's just a boy i feel the good in you the conflict there is no conflict obi-wan once thought as you do you were the chosen one for many years there was balance and then i saw there's no light left in Kylo Ren. We need the Jedi Order back. We need Luke Skywalker. We lost our son forever. There's still light in him. I know it. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Hey, Luke, thanks. Thanks for coming after me. You have a power I don't understand. You have that power, too. That boy is our last hope. No. There is another. ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Long have I waited. And now you're coming together. Your journey 
Always.